Are you serious? I've got a fire in my eyes. I'm burning brighter than the sunlight. You orchestrated my escape. Now I'm awake. I feel alive for the first time. You ignite the fire in my eyes. Hello. Folks, welcome, welcome to one more edition of the Brother Marcos Radio Show. I am, of course, Brother Marcos, and uh, I am broadcasting directly from São Paulo, Brazil, to the rest of the world. Good to have you here with me today. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for your precious time, and. Uh, we have some uh, very important topics to discuss today. We're going to talk about basically how you must live as a Christian. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna give a break about the the the, the topics that we we have been discussing so far, and uh, and we're gonna discuss a little, talk a little about how we should live as Christians. And um, in order to do that, we're going to discuss a little about humility, how to be humble. And uh, we're going to discuss about the Beatitudes, about the Sermon of the Mount. And um, because I'll tell you, my friends, we we have discussed a lot in this in the show about you know, the whole dangers of the New World Order, about false religions, about deception. And, and I'll tell you, <laughs> if you have listened to this show, you know a lot about it. And, I mean, those people, they are doing their thing. They are, right now, they have the, the, the G20 meeting in China the 20 largest economies in the world all together all planning how to how to create the new world order how to create the world government so they're very uh, active about it and uh, i think it was amazing because they're not shy anymore they had you know the logo of the, the the g20 meeting was a huge eye of lucifer the all-seeing eye, I mean, it's in your face. So they were there, you know, just planning how to implement this, the, the, the government of the Antichrist. And uh, also this, this month, they, they were all together. They are still until the, the, the end of the month in Jerusalem. And they, they're having this, this month-long meeting with the three largest religions in the world with with the you know christianity so-called christianity basically the catholics and the apostate protestant church they're not protesting anything they're just accepting everything they they should you know stop being called protestant they are now the accepting church because the compromising church because they accept everything and the the muslims the muslims and the jews the kabbalist jews and the muslims they're all together there in jerusalem for this meeting and um so they're planning the the new world religion basically and uh, i mean if you follow the show you know exactly 
what they're all about. They're all about Gnosticism. They think they're gods. They think that they can receive the, the you know, the light of Lucifer. And, and they're going to be so wise and so smart that they're going to become gods. You know, and they become gods by doing their meditations, contemplative prayer, you know, and until they, they contact spirits. And so that's what it, it, it is all about, my friends. But, but, you know, if you follow the show, you know more than, you know, you are one in a thousand, maybe one in a million. I would be very surprised if a thousand Christians really understand what we have been talking about in America, in the whole country, okay? And uh, you are one of them, I'll tell you, because some of the, the, the things we have discussed are deep stuff. Okay, things that are difficult to find. And, uh, but anyway, it comes to a point when you stop it and you really ask yourself, what now? Okay, we know so many about what's happening. And of course, there's not much we can do. We can warn a few. It's just, you know, just like the Apostle Paul used to say. He used to say, you know, I preach in order to save a few. That, that's what you know he did. So I don't. I I, I do not be, do not want to be arrogant. I, I I don't want to boast and think that I'm gonna do more than, than the apostle Paul did. We do what we can, all right? Because it's God who does the work. It's not. It's not you. It's not me. Okay? We just take advantage of the opportunities and the open doors that God shows to us. That's what we do, okay, right here. So, you know, it comes to a point when, when you really have to, to stop and think, what now? And I think, my friends, that our next step in the show is really to try to understand how to live in, in this situation. How to live in this situation. Because, you know, it really bothers me to see the way that, that the Christian leaders are behaving right now. Because... What I see, my friends, it, it, when I read the Bible, are standards that are so high that they are almost impossible to follow. You know, the, 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 the standards that Jesus gave to us, they are so difficult. They are so high. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and saying, you know, I do everything right, Master. I do everything right. I follow the Ten Commandments. I, I never kill anyone. I'm a good person. I help the other people. And Jesus said, well, you know, you have a stumbling block in your life. You have something that is a hindrance to your development as a, you know, as a man of God. And it's the money. You know, you love money too much, so give up your money and follow me. And, you know, that's the last thing that the guy wanted to hear. And I'm sure that everybody has some kind of stumbling block in their lives. It could be pride. It could be the position. It could be the complacency. Uh, is, there, is there this word in English? I don't know. You're complacent. Okay? You, you just, uh, you know, accept things as they are. You don't really don't, don't, don't question anything. Maybe that's your problem, okay? Maybe you trust money too much. Maybe, you know, you trust your ministry. You think you are doing this great job that you're perfect. You don't really need to, to improve anything. And that's what we, we are seeing right now. 
we are seeing basically, you know, all over Christianity. Because sometimes, uh, you know, if you watch Christianity today, you see two, two camps, two teams, you know, uh, and they're playing in this, this, in this court, in this sports field. And uh, basically, in one side, the prosperity gospel people, you know, you see the Pentecostals, and the other side, you see the Calvinists, the, you know, more, more traditional churches, and they say, oh, no, we are the right ones, and you are, the, the, you are wrong, and we are right. But I'll tell you, both of them, they have the same mindset. They think that they can uh, change the world with their, 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 their worldly power, okay, with the human strength. I'll tell you, that's what they are doing. If you see the prosperity gospel people, you know, they, they have what they call the new apostles. So they think they, they have this revelation. I don't know what kind of revelation it is because, you know, all the revelation we, we have, it's in the Bible. But they really think that, you know, we're going to apply this new this new uh, techniques, these strategies. And, uh, I mean, come on. Last week I was reading an article about Rick Warren saying that, you know, he learned a lot about communication strategies for growth from the communists. I mean, he said that. Okay? He said it's on video. So they think that they have these great strategies and they're going to change the world. I mean, Rick Warren, he has this peace plan. It's, it's not a plan for evangelism, I mean, it, which is bad enough. Enough. I mean, not, not that it's wrong to evangelize people, but it's wrong to have this attitude that I'm going to change the world because you're not going to change the world. You know, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're going to see the, the huge, big apostasy. But those people, they, they, they really think, no, my ministry is so great that I'm going to change the world. I'm going to bring peace. I'm, gr- I'm going to bring unity among all the religions. And uh, that, that's what they think. We have the dominionists. We, we, you know, people, that they were uh, very uh, in, in the highlight uh, in the last uh, year because of Ted Cruz. You know, people who said, you know, we're going to change the culture, we're going to change uh, uh, the arts, we're going to change business. Come on, you're going to change business? You're never going to change business. You know why people people want to make money? That's why business exists. Business is something that is inherent to a fallen world, my friends, because, you know, Adam and Eve, when when they were in the Garden of Eden, God provided them with everything they needed. And business is basically, you know, an activity that, that is a characteristic of a falling world. Because, you know, we have, a, you have limited resources. You need to, you know, distribute these resources. And so uh, you do that in a way to make the most money for you. To, to get a, a larger share of the cake, of the pie. So you see, so how are you going to change business? Okay, yeah, I, mean, I mean, this kind of crazy, crazy ideas they, they have. And, uh, and also we see in the other side, the new Calvinists, the new Calvinists, they say, you know, 
I am perfect. I am per I'm so perfect, you know, because I'm, I mean, of course, there's a lot of good in Calvinism. Okay, if you, if you think about the five solas, you know, sola gratia, you know, only grace, you're saved only by grace, sola fide, you're saved because of your faith and not because of your works. And you think soli deo gloria, you know, it's all the work of God. I mean, this is this is great, okay. But now we have people who who really uh, who really uh, have this f good foundation about those ideas about Calvinist ideas, and but they're extending those ideas just to an absurd level. They think that they are they have been chosen in a way that when they are saved, they are already perfect. Now, there's basically not much that they can do. All right, so just relax and enjoy because you have been elected and you're now perfect. Okay, they're much like the. Do you remember the Jews that Jesus talked talk to? Jesus was talking to the Jews and saying, you know, you're not doing the right things, you're full of arrogance, you're full of sin. And the Jews would say, but we are sons of Abraham, Jesus. We can do no wrong. Everything we do is right because we're sons of Abraham. And Jesus said, you're not sons of Abraham. You're sons of Satan, basically. And these guys, they have exactly the same attitude of those Jews. They say, we have been elected so we can do no wrong. We are perfect. You know, the guys like John Piper, they're teaching this kind of heresy. Okay? They're masters, my friends. They're masters in one way or the other. That, that's what really bothers me. They're all masters and leaders. Okay? The Pentecostals, they think they're all leaders. You know, it's all about leadership seminars. Be a leader. Be a change agent. Be a catalyst. You know, I'm going to change the world. I mean, the arrogance of these people is amazing. Because they think that they have good intentions, they can have they, they can have this attitude of arrogance, which is basically the contrary, the opposite of what Jesus tells us to have. It's the opposite of what, what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible is all about humility. So, uh, you know, the bottom line, the bottom line here, I think, is uh, Jesus is concern about your heart it's concerned about your attitude it's concerned about your spirit it's concerned about your character okay the people they think well this this is not really important what is important is what i do you know or what i say i do because most of those ministries and plans they really don't work and they're good for nothing that's the real truth do we have peace right now is rick warren making a difference he's not making a difference at all People are just as poor as ever. You know, wars are, are all around the world. I mean, it's not working. If the Rick Warren worked in the, 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 the market, in a large company, he would have been fired by now because he's ineffective. He's good for nothing. But they said, you know, they talk a lot. They're demagogues. They like the propaganda, you know, because they want people to go to their churches and give them lot, lots of money. And more than that, they want to turn you away from the right doctrines. 
okay, from the Bible. That's what they do, because they get you so obsessed and so busy about their plans that you forget to read the Bible and really meditate about what is the right way of living. Okay, because you say, no, I have a purpose. You read that, that book from Rick Warren, you know, that heretic book about the God, what's the name of the book? The Purpose Driven Life. And then you say, you see, well, to have a good purpose in life is to help Rick Warren. And you start helping Rick Warren and think that you have, you know, the solution for your life. You have meaning and you don't have to do anything else. And that's why we see so many Christians that are, are mean, are not good people. They don't care about the others. They're arrogant. You know, I was discussing with my friend the other day, how ca can this be possible that I know some people who are even spiritists and they're nicer than most Christians I know. They're, they're good people, they're generous, they're nicer and they are concerned about your well-being. You know, they're genuine, genuinely concerned about you. You know, they call you, they ask, how are you doing? How can I help you? And they're not even Christians, my friends. I'm sure that you know many people like that. You know, I feel compelled to pray to, for these people for, so they can have the salvation of Jesus. I know that they're not going to, to, to heaven because they're good people. But, you know, it makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder. You know, why some of those people who say, oh, no, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to, okay... I have this plan to you know create a new Christian world and my ministry is going to change everything but you know that guy is, is this very arrogant holier than thou person because you know he's because the, it's a problem of focus okay he's completely focused on works basically and not in a change of heart in an internal change you know of character and if the more i read the bible the more i see that that's what is important everything that is good everything that eventually you will do you know you're gonna service you're gonna serve in in a church or you're gonna help other people or whatever you're gonna do that is good it will flow from what you have inside of you it will flow from your heart so you better take care of your heart first. Otherwise, the source of your work, you know, is going to be corrupted. And your work is going to be corrupted, you know. And that's what we're seeing right now. People, they want to be leaders. They want to be masters. Okay, you never see, you know, a seminary on uh, being, a, being a servant. No, never. It's all about being a leader. A master, leadership, leadership, okay? And sometimes they have this false humility, okay? It's like Pope Francis, you know, he washes the feet of the immigrants, of the beggars once a year, okay? It's all propaganda, my friends, it's false humility. Okay, you cannot wash the feet of the immigrants in front of the cameras, but at the same time, you're trying... You say that, that you're going to change the world because you have those great ideas. Okay? Because it, you're full of pride. You're full of arrogance. If you think this way, because we're nothing. We are nothing. 
Jesus said that, that you know, he's the vine, we're the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Come on, we are, when we are born, we don't know how to talk. We don't know how to walk. We don't know nothing. We're useless babies. And then you think that 20, 30 years later, you are like the king of the world? What's happening with those people? I mean, they lost all kind of uh, contact with the reality, basically. Okay? Okay, it's not because you, you wear a shirt with a Hawaiian shirt and, you know, and you're a nice guy when you talk, you talk, you know, you have charisma. That does not mean that you are, you know, you're humble. If you think that you have a plan to change the world, okay, you're a humble person. You're not a humble person. You're like full of pride. It's like Hitler. Hitler used to say, oh, no, I just, I'm, I'm simple guy. I have simple habits, like Warren Buffett. You know, I live in this. I, I drive this this twenty year old car. That's what Warren Buffett says. Meanwhile, he's like he's like uh, uh, you know working uh, uh, with his plan, evil plans, and manipulating everybody like puppets on the string, manipulating governments and economies and. You know, but he, he drives a 20-year-old car. This is called false humility, okay? Because at the same time that he's driving the 20-year-old car, he's, you know, flying with his private jet and living, you know, and hanging out with people in palaces and castles and things like that. Okay, so, my friends, try to look beyond, beyond the propaganda, okay? Check the fruits of what people are doing that that that's what what interesting because we have to go back you know to what's what's written in the bible try to to read the bible with an open mind see the attitude you know uh, that 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 jesus wants us to to nurture to to create in our hearts because i mean jesus didn't like those arrogant people and he gave us so much examples, like the guy, you know, who was praying, saying, you know, I thank God that I'm not like the, the, the tax collector. I'm a Jew. I follow all the laws. I tithe. I'm su such a great guy. And the other guy say, have mercy on me, a sinner, because I'm not good for nothing. And Jesus said, God is much more satisfied with the guy who can recognize his sinfulness. So why would Jesus stop, you know, and give us this lesson? And all the time he was challenging arrogant people and, and, and proud people. Because this is important for Jesus. He doesn't care. He can change the world in a minute, in a second, if he wanted. You know, Rick Warren's peace plan or, or the, the plans of the Pope for world peace Jesus could implement this plan in one second if he wanted. But that's not the way it works. Because Jesus is much more concerned with the, you know, with the condition of your heart and your character. Okay? Because it's, you know, the neo-Calvinists, they are completely wrong. When you are saved, it's not that, that everything is finished. Okay, of course, it's finished 
in a sense that you have salvation, that you're going to live in heaven and everything. But, you know, your justification has just started. You have to, you, you have to uh, be perfected. You have to change. You have to learn. You know, it's all over the Bible. Okay, do I have to, you know, give you all the, the, the verses? I mean, you can read the Bible for yourselves. It's all over the Bible. You have, you have to work your salvation. Meaning, not, not work to get your salvation, but work upon the salvation you have been given. Okay? So we can prove as a human being, that's the way you do it, my friends. And, and that's not the way, that's not the way that people are, are doing right now. So let's go back to the basis. I'm going to use here for this study a book from A.W. Tozer called The Mind of Christ. Okay? It's a very interesting book. I really recommend it. It's an old style you know, A.W. Tozer is an old-style preacher. And we have to go back. I mean, what can I do? We have to go back in time and try to find good works in the, in the past. Because in the present, it's all about contemplative prayer and uh, occultic meditation. Or you have the emerging church purpose-driven stuff. Okay, so you, we cannot really use this kind of books anymore. You have to go back in time and look for things like A.W. Tozer. And in this book, he talks a lot about being humble and obedience. Because it, it, it's all about being dependent on God, my friends. It's the contrary of what those people are doing. Those big ministries that are going to save the world. Okay, peace plan. Right? I don't need to do anything else, anything, because I'm, you know, you know the convergence? Because the new Calvinists, they say, since I am already perfect, what can I do now as a Christian? Oh, I'm going to try to change the world. I'm going to end uh, poverty. I'm going to end uh, wars. So, so, you know, in the end, there's this con convergence that they, they end up doing the same thing as the prosperity gospel people. They're all into social activism, basically. Okay, so they turn Christianity from something that, that you know, saves people and changes lives into social activism. They become Marxists, you know. And it's all, it's all about, you know, the, this thing that men are gods, that they can change the world. It's just like Kabbalah. The Kabbalah and Kabbalah, they think, you know, they believe in Tikkun Olam. You know, that God needs people to to fix the the problems of creation. Okay? And that's how you developed into a little God because you can help God, you know, to, 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 to fix basically what's wrong in the creation. You know, which is a completely wrong perspective. Completely wrong. Okay? Because only Jesus Christ, when he returns, he's going to fix this mess. So what, what we have to do right now is fix our hearts. Okay? And by fixing our hearts, we're going to overflow in all the fruits of the Spirit. And you're going to love people. You're going to be kind. You're going to be meek. You're going to be gentle. You're going to be sober. And you're going to help people around you. And then you're going to make, make a difference. And then you're going to be a light in the world. You're going to be salt on earth. 
Because people are going to see what you're doing. You're a good person. You help your friends. You help you know, people in need. You help the poor. You help people in church. Why not? Okay? You serve. You're a servant. Okay? And that's how, how we work. That's the way I see the Bible, my friends. And I challenge you to go to the Bible and read the Bible with an open, open mind and see if what I'm talking about is wrong. Okay? Or, or is Rick Warren right and I'm wrong? Okay, I challenge you to do that. Because I'll tell you, I, I like the way that, that Tozer says here, says that he started, you know, to pray uh, to Jesus Christ, calling him master. Okay, he said, sometimes he was facing challenges in his life and he was, he was praying like, master, I don't know how to do this, but you are the master and I am the servant. As master, you know the precise needs of my work. I depend on you as your servant. I ask you to show me exactly what will communicate. I mean, he was trying to look for solutions for a problem he had in his life. And it's interesting that, that he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to God as a master. Because he's the master. So you see the contrast? Because people, they, they want to be masters in their lives. Rick Warren is a master. Okay? The Pope is a master. All right? But Tozer says here, no, Jesus is my master. And I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And I'll tell you, my friend, if you think you know, you know, you have the, 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 the control, you're in the driving wheel of your life, you have the control of your life, I'll tell you, you're very, it's an illusion, okay? It's just an illusion. It's just, you know, you're just lucky because things are going right for you for a time. But you don't have control. Nobody has control of their lives. Really. Okay? And uh, another thing he says here. Okay? It's like the expert, the people who know, know everything, they don't, have, they don't know what God wants. But the servant is in a position to hear from the Lord. Exactly. Okay? Because... If you put yourself in a position that you know everything, how can God tell you what he's going to do in your life? Okay? Humble people are open to the Lord and to others. Yes. Because you put, in a, you put yourself in a position to be open, to listen to what God wants you to say, and you are also open to other people. Okay? That's why those people, those Christian leaders who are so self-sufficient and they are so right and they know they think that they know everything about everything, okay? They don't care about other people. Because they're not open. They're not, not open, okay? And Jesus used to say, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around long robes and love respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and place, places of honor at banquets and for appearances sake offer long prayers these will receive greater condemnation. Isn't that interesting? That Jesus says in Luke 20, chapter 20, verse 46 and 47, you know, he doesn't say, you know, uh, they're not doing the right thing or, you know, they could do better. No, he says they will receive condemnation. I mean, hard words, my friends, and that's what those people are doing. You know why? Because God is opposed to the proud. James 4, 6. Jesus doesn't like that. 
I mean, read the Gospels. He doesn't like this kind of people. He doesn't like this kind of attitude. You know, shut up. Don't, don't be that way. Don't be that way. Okay? You know, do you remember after Jesus sent his disciples, when they returned, Christ prayed, I praise thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou did hide these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to babes. Luke 10, verse 21. Because they were open. And that's the way that God does his things. Oh, yeah. Proverbs 11, with the humble is wisdom. Okay, so it's, it's, it's the first step in getting wisdom is recognizing, you know, that, that God is the master, that you were in a subordinate position to him, that you really don't know anything, you know, you don't know crap, my friends, that, that, that's the truth. You have no idea how to save the world. How can you say such a stupid thing? You're going to save the world? You have all the, this wisdom and power? I mean, come on. Come on. Again, according to Jesus, the way up is down. Real nobility is not in position, but in character. God never prizes the position we reach, but the character we attain. For this reason, when we finally perceive Christ's worldview, we will be shocked to see that he let that the last really are first and the least are valued for their greatness. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yes, my friends. That that's how it works. Okay. Aspects of character that are rarely noticed in this world. I mean, people don't give you know a dime about them. Would become important okay to us who are really focused on on christ such as purity guilelessness honesty simplicity deference and service people with those qualities are the ones most likely to fail in our present world system that's that's so true therefore many christians deliberately avoid cultivating these biblical traits i mean instead they say that they know everything that they are leaders Okay, that they, they, you know, they have the, this can-do can attitude. Yet, they are the qualities Jesus wanted them to have. Jesus rarely paid a compliment. One of these few occasions happened when he praised Nathaniel's guilelessness. You know, Jesus is not looking for these overachievers, for the tough people who know everything. And, and see, so Tozer is so right here, my friends, when he says, you know, purity, guilelessness, honesty, simplicity, deference, and service. I'll tell you, when he says that those are the qualities most likely of the, the ones most likely to fail in our present world system, he's so right. Because if you behave this, this way in a company, people are going to swallow you alive. You have no chance to become a CEO. You know, because God is not, not concerned about you becoming, you're becoming a CEO, my friend. 
Oh no, he's concerned about your heart and your salvation and your justification. I mean, you becoming more like Jesus day after day. That's 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 his only concern, basically. Okay. And so that's why it's so ridiculous the message of the prosperity gospel because it's so contrary to everything that the Bible says. You know, it's not about money. It's not about success. See, he's so right. He's so right. Okay? And I'll tell you, I'm trying to be humble here because, you know, you're probably saying, oh, come on, Brother Marx, where, where is your original content? I, I don't have an original content here today. I have the Bible and I have the words and the, the analysis of a, of a wise man, Mr. Tozer, to help me. And I put myself in, in a humble position to quote from him to you because I think this, this is... This is good stuff. Okay? All right. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. That's how it's, it works. You know, there is, a, there is the right way to do it. First, you humble yourself. Okay? Humble yourself. Become other-directed. First to God and then to others. Right? If you do that, and you can do that, my friends, because you have Christ's humility in you. The Holy Spirit will impart you with that. You know, meekness, gentleness. The fruits of the Spirit will, you know, give you, will enable you to behave this way. Okay? If you are humble, you can obey the same way Christ did. He can use this. He can use you in this way. That's, that's the first, you know, step on uh, if you want to grow in Christ, actually. All right? Forget about it. It's basically you have to forget about everything that the Christian leaders are telling you today. You have to delete. You have to erase all those messages. You know, and go back to the Bible and learn about being humble and submissive and dependent on God. And then you are like a tabula rasa. Tabula rasa is Latin for empty table, okay? It's an empty, uh, you know, like, like an empty blackboard where you can start to write things on. You know, a blank sheet, all right? When you open, you know, a word processing software, you, you open the, the Microsoft Word and you start writing, okay? You have to delete everything because they're telling you, what they're telling you is basically the opposite of the Bible. And then when, when, when you start, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect, but you have to have this attitude, you know, of being humble. And then you're ready to learn. And then you're ready to grow in Christ, okay? And we have, my friends, so many resources to help us to grow in Christ. You know, and one of those resources is the Sermon of the Mount. Where Jesus really, he teaches everything we need to know about how to behave in this world. And about how to, to live a Christian life. And, and A.W. Tozer, he really, I mean, he gives us a great perspective. Because, you know, basically you have the, the Beatitudes, the Sermon of the Mount. You know, you know, it's all about the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Etc. You know, basically you have eight Beatitudes. And uh, he divides then in a very clever way. He says the 
first four ones, they are all about our need of God. You know, they, they are related to the way that, that, that we must uh, relate to God, okay? Our relationship with God. And the last four, they're all about the way you should relate to other people. You know, that's the way we put into action, uh, you know, what God has given us. And a very, very interesting perspective. So, in this show, we are going to start to analyze the first four Beatitudes. And probably in the next show, we're going to talk about the last four. Okay, we're going to do that. We're going to start after we return from the commercial break. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. Fifthhookmedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit fifthhookmedia.com. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Remember, that's fifthhookmedia.com. F I F T H O O K. Welcome to the Brother Marcos program on the Kapow Radio Show Network. We pray that you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Are you serious? Okay, my friends, we are back from the commercial break. And uh, I'll tell you, we're going to talk about the Beatitudes, all right? The Sermon of the Mount. And uh, the first four ones, basically, we're, we are following here the book of A.W. Tozer. A book is called The Mind of Christ. And what he says here, it's very interesting. He says, well, the, the, the four first Beatitudes, they, they really talk about the way we relate to God about our relationship to God and how it affects us, all right? So, uh, basically, he says here, the Sermon on the Mount deals with the spirit and with attitudes. It concern, it's concerned with principles rather than restrictions, okay? We obey its principles by conforming to its spirit. And uh, my, my friends, that was a revolution at the time of Christ because the Jews, at the time, they were all about the laws, and they're still all about the laws. I mean, they have like 400-something laws that they must follow. Of course, they don't follow them to the letter. You know, they have always a way out. They have always, you know, uh, some excuses for not following them. But, you know, they have four, 400 laws. And, uh, and the Jews at the time of Jesus, they were basically that way. And that you know we 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 hear a lot about the Pharisees and about you know all their their pride because they were able to even tithe uh, about they were tithing on the 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 herbs the little herbs and the, you know the, the that they had the you know that that, that they they had at home but they were not really caring about the important stuff and that's what happens when you're you you put too much attention on restrictions, laws, and details, and you lose sight of what is really important. And Jesus came and started talking about the heart, about the real character, about you know selfishness, about the pride, 
and, and all the evil that is inside the human heart. And I'll tell you, people didn't like to hear that because it was so true. You know, because you just have to look at the mirror and you see yourself in the words of Jesus Christ. You know, because you became convicted of sin because everything that he was saying was true. Because we are good for nothing, really. You know, we sin all the time. We have bad feelings. We have bad thoughts. You know, we kill people in our hearts. We murder people in our hearts all the time. You just have to drive here around Sao Paulo and I'll tell you, you have murdered at least 10 people when you come back home. You know, because they cut you off or because, you know, they do wrong things in traffic and you really want that, you know, you insult them and you want to kill them in your heart. That's the way we are. You know, that's the kind of creatures we are. And we're talking about saving the world and, and you know, peace plan creating a new reality are you are you serious are, are you kidding come on fix your heart first so my friends the first four beatitudes are closely related and then we experience an atmosphere of neediness and dependence on god okay and we have the first one the poor in spirit blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven so what Jesus is saying here, you want to go to heaven? You want to become part of the kingdom of heaven? You have to be poor in spirit. And what is being poor in spirit? It took me a long time to understand. When I was little, I thought, you know, poor in spirit was a bad thing. Because, you know, I mean, if you ask Joyce Meyer, if you ask the, the prosperity gospel people, they'll say, no, you have, you have to be a champion in the spirit. You have to be, you know, powerful. You have to be on fire. You have to have the power. I have the power. Do you remember that? that I mean, uh, <laughs> that cartoon, He-Man, he had the power. Oh, yes. You're, they are like superheroes. Okay. But here Jesus said, no, blessed are the poor in spirit. I, I couldn't really understand that. Because I didn't want to be poor in spirit. I want to be powerful in spirit. But then I came to the understanding that what God says here is that the poor in spirit means that you do not rely on your spiritual power. You rely on God's power. Okay? The principle here, okay, Jesus is introducing is the need of God. Our poverty is spiritual. Okay? Without God, we are totally insufficient. We are poor in spirit. We, that's the way we start our Christian lives, my friends. Okay, Only the poor in spirit are willing to repent of their sins. Because, you know, if you think you're powerful, you're doing everything right, why should you repent? Okay? Right? Even after salvation, we continue to be poor, whether we know it or not. One indication of a poverty is that we retain our tendency to sin. I mean, we do. Just look around you. Just look in the mirror. Or look at people in church. I mean, come on. We're far from perfect. Far from perfect. And, um, and, and Jesus wants us to pay attention. He said in Revelations 3, You say, I am rich and I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Why did Jesus say, say that? You know, because that's the tendency of the human heart. 
they will say, oh, I am saved. It's like, it's like that, that guy, you know, the owner, I would say, I was going to say the pastor, but I'd rather say the owner of the Hillsong Church, you know, the Australian, the Aussie guy, you know, the church that was founded by his pedophile father. You know, he says, he really says, we, we are here, I have a mission, I'm going to change Christianity. He says that. You know, I'm bringing you a new plan, a new project. I'm going to change Christianity all around the world. I'm going to transform Christianity in the church. He really says that. He thinks he's the best. He says, I am rich. I have become wealthy. I have need of nothing. But you know what Jesus tells him? You're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Because he doesn't have the right attitude. Okay? And I'll tell you... Uh, you, you better come to this realization or God may use a painful circumstance to make us acknowledge our insufficiency. 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 Wow, what a difficult word. My English, my friends, pardon me, my English, because I'll tell you, it's not good today. But anyway, anyway, sometimes we see that people will only accept Christ in their deathbeds exactly because they have live their lives based upon you know their own strength and their own power and it's only when they have this disease or they're dying that they realize their need of Christ you know it happens all the time all the time it happened with my father after long long uh, sickness eight years he was ill for eight years and eventually he died from this sickness and uh, and that's when he re realized his need of Jesus Christ. Okay? Because when you're doing fine, I mean, people really don't mind about spiritual things. That That's the truth. Okay? And here, he says again, the opposite of being poor in spirit is to be proud in spirit. Okay? That's Joyce Meyer for you. That That's the, the, the other guy, the, you know, all, all the prosperity gospel people here. They are you know, proud in spirit. The Lord described a Pharisee proud in spirit. because He prayed, God, I thank thee that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, you know, or even like this tax gatherer. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. That's Luke 18. Okay? He relied on his performance. Proud people are self-reliant. Okay? But the Lord described it a man who was poor in spirit. The tax gatherer, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven. You know, he was ashamed, my friends. But was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I'm a sinner. Okay? But you see, you know, Jesus praised it. The humble man. You know, he was an example for us. The poor in spirit, and they know that they are helpless and incomplete. They know that all the righteousness is borrowed, borrowed. Okay, they depend completely on the Lord. That's what being poor in spirit is. Okay, it's an attitude, my friends. And Jesus was this way. He used to say, "Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the Father doing." Okay, John 5, John, he also said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. John 5, 30. 
Okay? So, Jesus Christ, of course, he is now in heaven and with all the authority and everything, all the power. But you know, he was, when he was here on earth, he was teaching us how to behave. He put himself in this in this position. So, my friends, that's that's the beginning. If you don't put yourself in this position, you're gonna do. You're not gonna achieve anything spiritually in your spiritual development. Okay? Do you realize this is the opposite of Gnosticism? Gnosticism says, you know, you have to know things. You have to be bold. You have to be, you know, the smart guy. You know, that's Gnosticism. And here's Christianity. It's the contrary, okay? Okay, and then we go to the second beatitude. Those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Okay? And I'll tell you, why that? Because when you mourn, my friends, we see the reality of the fallen world, okay? Because it's very easy when you are doing fine, where you make money or being successful... It's very easy to forget the problems of the world. You really think that life is great. I mean, there's nothing wrong about enjoying a good time. You know, I don't want to be a party pooper. No, I don't want to tell you, you know, that you know, have to, to be, uh, you have to, to be displaying this long face the whole day or you have to be, you know, really sad. That's, I mean, there's, you know... This is good for nothing. You you have to laugh and you have to enjoy things because all the good things, they come from above. So by all means, enjoy the good blessings that God has given you, okay? Laugh a lot. Joke, you know, make jokes, tell jokes, okay? It's okay. But, my friends, you have to realize this is a falling world. You cannot lose the perspective that this world is going to end. It's going to be destroyed eventually. That, that, that There's a lot of people suffering. And I'll tell you, for some people, you know, they will only be aware of sin and depravity when they suffer. Because when you are sick, that you remember, that you are reminded that other people in the world, they're all so sick, you know. And uh, most of the times, that they are, they are even worse than you are. You know, when you're in financial trouble, then it's the only time that you're going to remember that other people are poor. Some people, they don't have anything to eat. And I'll tell you, especially for you Americans, remember that you are the wealthiest nation on earth. Okay? You have more money than anybody else. Okay? You have beautiful parks, beautiful avenues, beautiful highways, beautiful buildings. Okay, you have abundance of all good things. So it's very easy for an American to forget about the problems of this world. Okay, and, uh, and you know, they enjoy reading things like Elon Musk is going to send people, you know, to the outer space. You're going to be a space tourist. You're going to conquer cancer. You're going to, you know, uh, transhumanism. You're going to have machines in your body and going to live forever. You know, Americans, they love to love that. You know, that, that's a characteristic of the American spirit. You know, it can be a good thing when they, you know, send the people to the moon. Okay? They say, I'm going to send a man to the moon. 
you know, in 10 years, uh, John Kennedy used to say that. Only in America. Because they could believe in that and they, they did it, okay? But my friends, at the same time, there's great danger in this kind of attitude. Because you're going to think, you know, you can do everything. You know, life is going to be better and better and better. But now Americans are starting to realize for the first time in the last 100 years that maybe things are not that good. It's the first generation that is poorer than the previous one. You know, the kids, they're, they're still living at home. They have less money than their fathers used to have. Oh, yes, reality is finally making itself clear for the Americans. You know, it's sad if you think, you know, humanly speaking, because there's a lot of uh, suffering, you know, being poor is not fun. But I'll tell you, spiritually, it's going to be good for America to at least realize the state, the real state of this world. You know, so they would not put their hopes on, on their money, on their wealth and their success, their ability, you know, to succeed. That, that's why I don't really like those guys. You know, the guy from Virgin, Richard Branson, or Elon Musk, this guy. You know, I don't like them and their dreams of, uh, you know, being Superman. Or, or fixing all the problems of the world because they're liars. They're liars. They're, they're selling you a false reality, okay? A false reality. Oh, yes, my friends. But, and when you mourn, my friends, you're blessed. You know why? Because it breaks your pride. And for some people, that's what it takes, you know, some big problems in order to break their pride because otherwise, some people that are so stubborn that while they're doing fine they're gonna they're gonna keep being proud okay full of pride and sometimes my friends <laughs> that's the only way that god has to bring those people on their knees actually to repentance all right okay okay tozer says here i realized that god has used brokenness for our spiritual progress we learned new insights and new assurance of his care. This was the first time I understood the positive achievements of brokenness. Yes, that's another side too and another benefit because when you are in a situation when you're needy, you really uh, you know, need the help of God and you see God doing something in your life, then you're going to praise him. Then you're going to be thankful. Okay, So that's another reason why you are blessed when you mourn, okay? All right, third beatitude, the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Wow. Yes, my friends, what is meekness? Basically, it's humility coupled with strength. You know, a meek person is not a weak person, all right? A meek person is sometimes a powerful person, but he can restrain his, his strength his power, okay, in order to not cause harm to other people. You can control your power, okay? So, you know, even if you are doing fine in life, even if you have money, all right, you know, you realize that your, your primary submission is to God, okay? You submit yourself to God's direction, all right? 
you have to be submitted to God. And this is, this is very, very hard. But we have the example of Christ. Jesus was meek. Come on, Jesus was meek. He was like the king of the universe. He created everything. I mean, you have no idea how powerful he, he is. Okay? But he came down to earth, submitted himself to his parents, to baptism, in evil to the temp even to the temple tax. Come on. He could could have said, you know, I'm gonna not pay this stupid tax here, you know. <laughs> no, but he didn't know I'm gonna submit to this rule, to authorities. Okay? That's the way he was. That that's the example. That's the example that he gave us. He entered Jerusalem riding a donkey in meekness all right so my friends even i i think that this is the almost the opposite side of the second beatitude okay because this really applies for people who are doing fine and sometimes you are doing fine because that's the way life is sometimes you're up sometimes you're down sometimes you know you're rich sometimes you're poor and i'll tell you this beatitude is, is, is very uh, targeted to those who are doing fine right now. So if you're doing fine, my friends, remember to be meek. You know, for several reasons. First, because, you know, you're ne you never know how long it's going to last. You know, your good fortune. The providence of God. For you, you don't know. And uh, the second reason, my friends, is, is that you have a responsibility. Every time you're doing fine, every time that God has given you something good, you have a responsibility to do the right thing with the blessings that God has given you and, and not be proud because of that. All right? Treat other people well, especially if you're in a position of power. Okay, I try to teach my kids about this all the time. You know, treat other people well, treat the doorman well, say hello, say good morning. Okay, treat treat like like the the person who is, you know, the janitor or the person who is cleaning, uh, you know, the the halls of the school. Treat that the person with respect and friendship. Why not? Talk to that person like you know an equal. And so many people. I mean, you can you can really see if a person is a good person, you know, by the way that they 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 treat people who are in the inferior social position. That that that's when you see the real heart of that person, okay? All right. And finally, my friend, the four, the the, the last of the four uh, first beatitudes is, you know, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Okay, our greatest single need is for the righteousness of God, and we are blessed when that need so fills our mind that it becomes a yearning. Oh yes, my friends, that's what, what we try to do here. And I know that's one of the reasons you listen to this show. Okay, because, you know, we, we, we are indignant with the wrong things that are happening in the world. We're indignant with the cruelty that we see all around us, with the pride that we see all around us. This is horrible. Okay, I want to see God's righteousness. I, want to, I really want to see God make things right. I want to see, you know, people loving each other. I want to see harmony. I want to see peace. But I know that those things, they come from God. 
they are reflections of his character. Okay? God is all about this. It's all about beauty. It's all about harmony. It's about, you know, peace. It's about love. The Bible tells us that God is love. Okay? And those things, my friends, they are the things that attract us to Jesus. Because when he came to earth, okay, in the incarnation, all right, Jesus showed us, showed to the whole world how God is. Okay, you can know God if you look at Jesus. It's not only, you know, before Jesus, you had, you know, the writings, you had the Bible, you have the Torah, the Old Testament, and everything. But then when Jesus came to this earth, people were able to interact with God himself and to understand the characters, the holiness, the beauty of God himself. Okay? So, my friends, when you are hung hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you know, you're hungry and thirsty for Jesus himself because all the good things come from him. You know, if you want peace, if you want love in this world, you're actually looking for Jesus. You know, you, you want Jesus to, like, impregnate everything with his character and his holiness. Alright? So you see the difference here? You know, everybody says that they want peace and they want love. Okay? But what they do, they use like, let's use the Marxism to achieve that. Let's use social activism. No, my friends, you need Jesus. That's the only way you're going to fix things. Alright? And that that's that's here um, what Tozer says here since it's Christ's righteousness that we have and not our own our yearning our desire for righteousness is really our desire in Christ himself exactly what I've told you yes that's it that's it okay yes the apostle Paul said twice to Timothy pursue righteousness pursue righteousness go after righteousness okay the Bible says that we are to desire, seek, and pursue righteousness. All right? We have, we, we have to do the things that are right in the eyes of God. First, we have to understand what God wants us from us. That's why it is important to read the Bible. How do we treat other people? How do we regard success? How do we regard work? How we regard our marriage? How we regard friendship? You know, all those things that are explained in the Bible. First, we have to understand them. Alright? What's the right way to do it? And then, we have to have the desire to do the right things. Okay? Yes, my friends. Yes, my friends. Those, You know, those four Beatitudes, they really talk about, you know, they, they, they have this common thread of need. Okay? We need God in order to, to behave and to live in a proper way. And God loves the needy, the widows, the orphans, the prisoners, the strangers in the land. Need is the key to God's heart. So do not be ashamed to recognize, acknowledge your need to God. Okay? It's okay to be needy. If you bring these, those needs to God, alright? 
The problem is when you're needy and you try to fulfill your needs with the wrong things, with your own achievements, your plans, you know, your power, you know, then you're in big trouble. But, my friends, if you bring your needs to God, you're in a good place. Okay? The poor in spirit, they need God. All right? Because the spiritual life starts there in repentance. And it continues there as we increasingly know our need of God. The mourners, they need the Holy Spirit. Although they are broken, they are able to avoid resentment because they rely on the Spirit of God for their comfort and instruction. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. Okay? Hostility and bitterness have no place in their heart because that's the way <coughs> the Holy Spirit works. Okay? Okay? The Holy Spirit brings comfort without bitterness. The meek, they need God, but they also need others. This quality eliminates the spirit of independence. You become open to other people. You become a nice people. There's nothing wrong being nice. Being a real friend. Being there for others. Okay? Unlike some people who think that, you know, their mission is so important that they don't have, they don't have time for other people. Because they have their mission. You know, I always say, beware of the man with the mission, okay? Because, you know, first thing he will do, he'll say that you have the same mission, and your mission is to help him, all right? Okay, my friends, that's it. The body of Christ begins its real cohesion when its members recognize their need for one another. Oh, yes. Those hungering and thirsting need spiritual food. They need the milk of the word, okay? Above all, they need Christ in his fullness. He is our righteousness, okay? Yes, my friends, that's how it works. God's intention is that the circumstances in our lives highlight the spiritual nature of our real needs. Yes, my friends, that's how it works, okay? All right, my friends. So, first thing I think we have to do is to look for humility all right and be put yourself okay in independence of god that's the first thing all right and then go to the bible read the words of jesus christ read the words of the apostles okay and see my friends it's all about a change in the heart before you start to be seduced by plans and fantasies okay that's all that you hear today in christian circles you know from the christian leaders joe austin rick warren joyce meyer john piper you know that's all they say you know you you are you are perfect okay you are powerful you're gonna change the world no my friends stop right now Forget about those fantasies, those crazy ideas. And start doing what Jesus told us to do. Start, you know, to reform, to rebuild your heart. Clean our, your heart of this pride right now. Look for humility. Okay, open yourself. You know, start, start to, to acknowledge your need of God. Put your life in his hands. That's the way to do it. Okay? All right, my friends. I hope you have learned something today. And uh, 
I hope that I will see you again next week, God willing. Bye-bye. Go to fifthhookmedia.com right now. Yeah.